Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Tara Bentley, and I welcome you to this next edition of the IHE Informer Podcast. And today we have with us Rebecca Kelleher. Uh, Rebecca is the founder and CEO of Home Educating Family Magazine and Hedgewa.com. She is also a homeschool mom just like you. She put her love of scrapbooking to work and turned a homeschool newsletter into the beautiful Home Educating Family Magazine. Also known as a well-planned gal, Rebecca used her eye for design and knack for organization to create the original homeschool planner, the well-planned day. Welcome, Rebecca. Well, hi there, Tara. Good to be with you today. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell everybody, I am so blessed that I get to actually call you my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so years we have known each other. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, I... I have shared before with everyone that I do get to work conventions across the country, and so we met out there on what's known as the homeschool convention circuit. Um, The crazy (laughs) life of homeschool vending. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, I just am so grateful. And one of the things that I love about you from the time that we met, I think that you are using the gifts that God has given you to pour into the homeschool world. And I love that about you, and I appreciate your ministry and, and Hedua very much, and I love that. Great. Well, it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't my first choice. It is what the Lord put in our lap, which I think is really nice because um, I like knowing just in my personality that this is what God has done, it's where he's taking it, and it's not necessarily what I you know, set an agenda for years ago and just aim for some goal, it's the Lord took our family on many different paths and we ended up here and we're loving it. But again, it's it's what he's going to do through it, not necessarily what um, we're making plans on. So, and so it's been outside of our comfort zone completely. Um, I'm a very introverted person. Just doing this podcast has made me nervous. Um, I'm very much a... <laughs> Stay in my home, bake my pies, have guests over, um, but not too many. I get I get very nervous around crowds, and um, but the Lord's had to take me out of that, especially traveling to homeschool conventions and being around you know hundreds of people at a time. Um, I would often run and hide to a little area for 15 minutes just to kind of regain composure because it was so overwhelming to me. So um, it's it's just good that we serve a God who pushes you outside of your comfort zone in order to see what he can do through you. And I love that you shared that because I feel kind of the same way. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly one of those people that puts myself in that introvert category. And I never, well, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast either, but here we are together. <laughs> there you go. Well, and that's, isn't that exactly what homeschooling moms think? Here they are teaching their little five or six-year-old to do phonics and 
growing up and in their mind, they were going to send their kids to school and, you know, somebody else is going to have that responsibility. And then here we are and it's our responsibility and it's, it's a big responsibility. And so it can seem, again, the, the place the Lord puts you outside of your comfort zone. But in that process, you learn all the joys of these new areas and then you learn to grow as an individual and how to deal with each and every issue. Because, you know, there's always issues when you're teaching phonics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, why don't you go ahead and just share a little bit more then about yourself and your family and how you started Hedua and the magazine all those years ago. Okay. Well, let's see. We are um, we have five kids, and we had five kids in seven years. And I actually, my husband and I were not Christians when we got married and we had our first three. Um, I was, I am a second-generation homeschooler, so that might surprise a lot of people. But, you know, not all first-generation homeschoolers, you know, necessarily were Christians and um, I, uh, I knew about Christ, but I had not given my life to him. And um, therefore, I married my husband, who also had not. And here we are. We have our first child, and like five minutes after she's born, we're like, we got to go to church. Because, you know, that's what great Southerners do. We go to church, you know. So um, my <laughs> husband looked at me, and he said, yes, absolutely, we'll go to church. So we started attending churches. And we both come from broken homes, so we were very nervous that we would not be able to make it in this thing called marriage. So we both um, looked for churches, you know, being very theologically uneducated. We looked for churches that would tell us how to stay married. You know, and, and the sad thing about that is that really opened us up to a lot of false teaching because there's a lot of churches out there, even a lot of um, religions that show great family structure but are without Christ. And so I'm very thankful that God in his infinite wisdom uh, guided and directed us even in our lost state to what he would use later for him. And so we found a church. Um, it, it was a good church. It wasn't theologically very sound, but we didn't know that. But, hey, it had great potluck. You know, it had great instructions <laughs> on, <laughs> on how, to, how to be a mom and a wife and a you know, how the family unit's supposed to work, and some of it was biblical. Now, there are some false teaching out there that is definitely biblical on certain aspects. But anyway, uh, for us, it was a great learning experience. And about six years later, the Lord, um, through divine grace, called me to be his. And I remember my youngest was three months old, and I just remember saying, you know, my entire life, I'm a Christian because I said the, the Lord's Prayer. I'm a Christian. I said it over and over, but it wasn't until I saw that I was blind to my sin and I, my eyes literally, it's like something was peeled off of my eyes and I could see my need for Christ. And from that day forward, I mean, everything changed for me. All of a sudden, I couldn't wait to read the Bible. And here I struggled for six years in this church saying, I don't understand you guys. Why do you love this thing? I don't even understand it. And, um, and, and so I went from that confusion to clarity and the clarity of the gospel and, and this idea that this Heavenly Father, who, ha- who could have chosen not to love us, but he chose to love us. And he didn't want to just love us unto salvation. He wanted to love us unto redemption, both now and in eternity. And that just blew my mind. And so all of a sudden, I could have a best friend that knew me like nobody else. And, and he could help me understand 
my issues as a mom and as a wife. And I came from a very, very difficult background. And so I didn't know how to mother well or be a wife very well. And, you know, I was socially awkward and um, I hid behind my books, you know, computer books. I was a programmer. And the Lord just started uh, chiseling away little by little. He first taught me how to apologize to my kids. One of the best things ever that I learned as a Christian was how to apologize to my kids and know that I could take the words that I might have used for evil or for death. You know, the, the Bible says the tongue, it is both life and death. And, and that I could turn that around with an apology and become words of life and set an example of how to be humble. And so from that to learning how to um, love my husband as he has to love me in my imperfect state, I'm loving him in his imperfect state, and we're both so, my husband and I are so different, and knowing that that is okay because Christ created us to be different and how to work together. And now that, it does not happen overnight. It took years and years and years. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary last year, and I, I have to tell you, all of my siblings thought no one would ever stay married to Becky. Becky would be the first divorce. Becky would be the first one that a man leaves because <laughs> I was just a very harsh woman. Um, I, was, I was broken and hurt. And when Christ came and, and just literally transformed my life, I went from this just very hurt individual to this one who wants to love and serve and just sees potential and life in everyone around her, um, especially coming from how broken I was. So so on our journey, um, my husband becomes a Christian uh, about a year later, and that doesn't mean that life got really happy, go lucky, and everything was great, and we love Jesus, and we love everybody. It took years of, of prayer, Bible reading, and journaling, and saying, Father, what is it in me that I need to change to become more like you, or what is it about you that I don't understand so that I can have better reasoning and wisdom, and, and that is a very slow process. But in the midst of that process, you begin to gain appreciation for your children, for your husband, for your friends, for your family, and, and you know, we are human. We are depraved. We are we're living in this sinful world of sinful creatures, and in the midst of all of that, um, there is this other part of life that is grace-filled and, and loving and kind and and so through all that, um, we're growing and we're learning. And, you know, the Lord put some, some very di- difficult trials in our path. And um, some of them in the forms of business, some of them in the forms of family members, some in the forms of church. And so we've kind of had an experience all the way around. And, and through that, um, my father had started um, a, a school that umbrellaed homeschool, homeschoolers many, many years ago. And... Um, he had a newsletter, and uh, my sister was running that school, and she asked if I could help um, make her newsletter look like a magazine. And at that point, I had been digital scrapbooking out of um, a love for that for a couple of years. And so I said, yeah, I'd love to try, but I had one caveat. I, I said, you know, the most important thing to me is for homeschool moms to understand that we are all very unique. Here I am a woman, first of all, that loves programming. Women are typically not programmers. So I think differently. Mm -hmm. Um, Coupled with that, I have this amazing desire to cook pies. That's not normal. (laughs) (laughs) 
um, so so just learning that uh, we don't necessarily fit into um, a box as homeschoolers, but much more than that as individuals who, you know, the, God in his wisdom puts us together. He puts man and woman and children together in, in this unit called a family, and then all of a sudden we think, oh, well, let's put a box around that and say we're all supposed to look the same. And that doesn't work. And so I said, if I'm going to do this magazine, what I want people to know, you know, besides helpful tips on teaching vocabulary and history, I want moms to know they are unique in Christ, their family is unique, and God has a special calling for all of us. And it's seasons of life, and he might change your seasons drastically. Um, I, I remember vividly this year just coming to the realization that, wow, the Lord put our family on the road for 10 months one year in a 75-square-foot car. And we did not wow. know each other. You know, that is <laughs> grace. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, boy, did my homeschooling look different. Did my family structure look different. There were times when, you know, Dad was doing laundry because Mom was doing work on the computer for the company. I mean, it, we just didn't look very traditional. And vice versa, Dad might be sleeping in the passenger side seat because he's driven for 12 hours and Mom's driving to finish it out. You know, we weren't traditional. And so uh, my sister said, yes, you can do that. And one thing led to the other. And we um, actually purchased the magazine from her uh, seven years ago. And since then, it's just been a continued desire to watch the homeschooling community change and morph and and try to reach moms where they're at. And it's very interesting. In seven years, it has changed drastically. And I still think we have have so many different segments and pockets of homeschoolers. We all are kind of different, which is really neat because that means we can all do something very unique in this homeschooling uh, community. But um, so, yeah, that's how we got started with Family Magazine. And, of course, a lot of people, if they don't know Family Magazine, um, like I mentioned earlier, you're also known as the well-planned gal because in the same respect that we're not all the same, we don't all plan the same, but mm-hmm. obviously you have a very famous product, um, the well-planned day. So, and that to help moms plan as they're taking on all these different challenges in their day. Absolutely, and you know that didn't happen out of again this set plan. Um, for years, my husband watched me create this um, planner. Every year we started school, I would put it in a three-ring binder, and as my uh, scrapbooking skills became better, so did my um, designing my own planner every year. And so it became, um, you know, I would say, oh, okay, I don't really want to do just homeschooling. I want to add my grocery list and my dinner list. And, oh, yeah, and I want to add our activities with our calendar. And, oh, yeah, I want to make sure that I add in our library books and the things that we're reading uh, besides the day-to-day lesson planning. And and so it it really morphed over 10 years. What's interesting is um, the original planner that we printed was in 2009, and yet I started my planner really 10 years before that. So that that was fun. Um, but yes, we um, with the magazine, we had an email list of uh, people subscribing and we sent it out to everyone and said, you know, I'm thinking about printing my planner for everyone else to utilize for those who are like my, you know, kind of like me, like to plan things out. Um, this is the format. Here's the look. If you're interested, we will go to print. And don't you know, 3,000 people ordered that weekend, and we just looked at each other and said, well, 
I guess this is what the Lord wants us to do next. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it has it has definitely morphed. We then um, I had some issues with one of our daughters with um, learning to stay focused on school. Brilliant child, however, she could not stay focused to get her schoolwork done in any time of any reasonable time. And what I realized is she, being a unique individual person, needed a different. Um, way of doing things. So I would make her a list every day of, in order of priority, what she needed to get done. And as long as I put that in front of her on her uh, desk, which was this famous kitchen table, um, then she could visually see it and not get distracted. And she went from, I'm not kidding, we were pulling our hair out with three to four hours sitting at math trying to get it done to, she was done in 35 minutes because she just had a list of what she was supposed to do. So I created a student planner because of that. And then, then I had one that entered high school, and so created a high school planner. And then I had one who had aspirations of going to college and wanted to make sure she kept everything organized for that portfolio, and we created the high school four-year plan. And, you know, it just, as I guess as my life has developed, as uh, I've seen different needs, and even hearing different needs from other moms, um, I created the on-the-go planner simply because at this stage in my life, most of my kids have their own planners. I don't need my big well-planned day. So I have my on-the-go to put in my purse as I'm running them to co-ops and tutorials. So um, that's how that got started. It's been a blast doing it. Um, but I think more than that, I, I think the, mo- the thing I enjoy the most is also just talking to moms um, Having published the Well-Planned Day does not mean I'm necessarily an organizational expert. I just know that through five kids, I really had to learn how to manage my time well. And in that, I've been given the opportunity to speak to moms, whether on a platform or face-to-face at a convention. And I am just surprised, um, and I shouldn't be because it's where I was at, how many moms were not taught growing up how to do something like organize your day. Um, Isn't that fascinating? We learn poetry, we learn vocabulary, we learn math, but we don't learn how to schedule and prioritize a day. And we don't learn how to do that with a bunch of little ones who don't speak our language yet. Um, So so to talk to these moms and to understand where they're at and be able to say, you know what, I have been there, let me tell you what I did and maybe this will help you. I think Conventions are great. Um, oftentimes I can find myself complaining about them because they are very, very hard physically. And um, But I always come away from them so encouraged that God will use even something as simplistic as learning how to run a home, feed a family, and homeschool your children. And he will use that experience if we will open ourselves up to just convey what we've learned to others to bless and minister to other moms. And I think that's what I love most about what I do today. And I think that that's, um, you and I talk about this a lot um, because I consider myself a convention junkie. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that you personally have a love-hate relationship with conventions. I do. And so we do, do. we do talk about this a lot because, and I do think it is because um, my love of attending conventions clearly came from being an attendee for years because for me that was the first place that I learned I could homeschool. 
um, yeah. because I didn't know any local homeschoolers. So it was it was so important to me that my love for them has been there all along. I've worked them a lot now, and I know the work that goes into them, and I know how tiring and exhausting they are. Especially and so you and I talked about Exactly. Oh, my goodness. It can take days to recover, but it's right. worth it when it you get to make that connection with, a, with one mom. It's those exactly. individual conversations because a lot of moms will come to a convention, and they will – they're just – there's something honest and they have no barriers when they walk into a booth and they want advice because they may not ask their friend for Mm -hmm. their advice, but they'll ask you. And so they're going to express their fears to you. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm safety because um, you're going to see me that weekend and you'll probably never see me again. And I think I'm safe to say, Hey, what if I don't enjoy homeschooling or Hey, what do I do if I just feel overwhelmed or Becky, what do I do with, I just don't feel like I do a good job no matter what I try. Um, I think those are fears. I think they're concerns that that lend itself to voicing. Um, number one, it's always nice to, to talk to somebody um, who has more experience. I would say that the majority of what I learned as a mom and a wife in how to run my home and how to cook food and clean dirty diapers to kitchen floors was through um, older women. So, and that's mm-hmm. interesting because now I have to admit I'm becoming the older woman. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I just, I was called, there was a, a gal in my life and um, I, I was called her shadow. I, I just so appreciated any bit of information she could help me with. And I think that's where um, what should be going on in the church and sometimes is and sometimes it's not, but I think c- conventions just lend itself to all these amazing vendors who have who have such incredible, rich history of experience. And, um, and, and let, let me tell you, we are encouraged to talk to people, but we're also talking to other vendors who we share our struggles with. And so I guess that's what Christ meant by the community of the church, is this ability to go in and just say, you know, we don't even know each other very well, but here's what I'm struggling with. Did this ever happen to you? And, you know, allowing us, and, you know, the Lord directs those things. So, you know, um, I just came from another conference not too long ago, and I spent hours uh, talking to one gal. And and my husband can always tell when something's important enough to just let me have hours with one individual. And she she was coming out of a very difficult situation, and she just needed somebody who had a similar experience to tell her she's okay, it's going to be okay. This is a normal process. You're healing, you know. So, yes, I do have a love-hate relationship with conventions. I love uh-huh. the conventions. I hate the foot pain and the physicalness to it all. But, you know, as, um, as we're doing this more <laughs> yeah. and more years, uh, that has become less of, a, of an issue. We're getting used to it, I guess. We're getting, our, um, getting used to the whole thing. <laughs> Yes. Well, I ask you to send me your four, um, I guess, fears or concerns that you hear most from moms. And I think we already kind of talked about one. Um, So let's start there. One of the top things that you hear is moms who come up and they're just concerned that they're not organized uh, enough to homeschool or that they struggle with planning. So how how do you help them with that? Well, the first thing um, I ask them is to just tell me a little bit about themselves. Um, you know, 
tell me about your family. How many kids? What are their ages? Because, you know, really planning and organizing is something you do every day for the rest of your life, whether you realize it or not. And that means that you're going to go through, because we all have life seasons. I mean, definitely my life today with four kids who are in either high school or college, coupled with uh, a middle schooler, and then I have three that are driving, for goodness sakes, uh, looks so different than when I had five kids under seven years old. And so just trying right. to assess, um, a lot of times moms feel like, well, for one, they might not have ever been trained. So I, I can simply walk you through very quickly at a convention, okay, let me show you in 10 minutes or less how you can really ascertain whether you're trying to do too much, whether you can add more to your life, or whether you just need to move things around and to balance your schedule out. So I think I think the art of planning and organization um, comes natural to some of us. Um, and there again, that's that difference, that uniqueness that Christ gives us. But then for others, it's just a matter of teaching them. Um, it is a skill. And just like we would get frustrated if we didn't know how to do to balance our checkbook, well, obviously we would have to know how to do um, addition and subtraction to do that. Well, the same thing with planning and organizing. We just need a few key skills to um, assess and ascertain how to do it better. And so I love I love that about conventions and that um, you can kind of talk bombs down to, hey, this is not um, this is not rocket science. This is not brain surgery. It really is not. I mean, if if you have been able to birth a child and raise that child. I think the most difficult years are birth to five years. I think once you get them to five years old, that's much easier than those formidable formidable first years. So just being able to convey mm-hmm. to mom, hey, it's not that big of a deal to stress about. Um, it's very easy to do. And again, it's not necessarily finding um, the ultimate planner that's going to tell you what to do. It's about finding a routine and a rhythm that allows for you to be a unique family and to operate and function in a way that gets things done without too much stress on the family. And and that means just being honest with, hey, we're doing way too many activities right now. We need to just, you know, limit those so that we can have dinner together as a family every night. And so, so it's going through, you know, priorities and setting those to finding a routine and a rhythm and understanding that needs to be looked at every um, six months to a year to make sure that it's still working for your family. And I'm sure that goes hand in hand with one of the other fears that you sent me. Um, I don't know if fear is even the right word, but when moms come up to you and they're just talking, I guess self-doubt maybe is a better word um, or what they're struggling with because I have no doubt this is probably the one that um, gets me the most, this would probably be my first thing, is they're just tired. Moms are tired. Yes. So well, I'm sure that has a lot to do with what you're talking about. <laughs> it is. And, you know, we're all such different personalities. What I might be able to juggle might not be what you're able to juggle, and you might be able to juggle things I can't juggle. And so just like the introvert, extrovert, I am in my comfort zone by myself reading a book versus, um, you know, my sister was – would would go stir crazy being by herself. She wanted to be around people. And so, um, you know, with that, I would say that um, moms need to assess what are they doing, what are they 
what is the end goal and and what are they doing on a daily basis? Um, are they over scheduling? Are they, do they try to do so much because they want to make sure they cover everything? Um, I remember, this is, this is funny to me, but I had a couple come into the, um, to a booth one convention and they were just so distraught. You know, they just didn't think they're ever going to get everything done. And, and um, the, late, the, the gentleman took a couple of the kids with him to a, a booth that had toys and she stood there and talked for a while and she just broke down in tears just saying, I'm just so exhausted trying to do everything. And as I started asking her these questions, tell me about your family. She had six kids in nine years. She was trying to teach her four-year-old Latin and Greek and, and oh. so many, so many <laughs> subjects. And I just looked at her, and she, she just literally was, um, exhaustion had set in. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, I think you got to reassess priorities. Because for me, until, when I had that many that young, the priority was phonics and math and making sure they had good character. I did not want them to lie when I asked them a question. I wanted them to show kindness to their siblings. Those were so much more valuable than a than learning Spanish or Greek or you know um, reading the the classics at four years old. Uh, to me, it was more about finding the priorities for your family. And so, with my priorities being that our family was harmonious, that that I could keep to my husband's work schedule, which could be crazy sometimes but yet find the time to have him with us for dinner and and have to me it was very important that my daughters develop very good relationships with their with their dad so yes daddy had pretty pretty princess time and stuff like that so as i just started to talk to her and i started reiterating back to her what she was saying to me but in question form she started to see okay i'm tired i'm exhausted because i'm really not doing what best for my family. And I think when we, when we can um, assess that, we can step back and make some adjustments and find that joy can be restored. Yes. Well, um, one of the, the third point you sent me uh, was that many moms are just overwhelmed because they are judging themselves against another mom. They're looking at someone next to them and that's where a lot of their doubts are coming from. And what's so interesting about that is that let's say that you're a mom who struggles with um, keeping her house clean, keeping a schedule, and preparing food, okay? That mom typically looks at a mom who can do those three things well as in her mind, wow, that's success. But what she might not know is that mom who can do those things well never reads aloud to her child because she doesn't know how to do that. And she struggles spending one-on-one time because she didn't have a good childhood and, and doesn't know how to form relationships. And so what I always tell moms is you don't know what all is in the package of a family. You might see some externals that look fantastic. And, and they might be. They might be a family that can do it all. And that's fantastic. But let's not talk about them. Let's talk about our family. And you know what? The one who knows it's better than any is the Lord. So you go to the Lord and you say, Father, what should my day look like? Can you please bring awareness to my every step of what I should and should not do? And I remember being overwhelmed myself and we were doing way too many co-ops and 
karate, and I thought, you know, I'm going to be this great mom, and I'm going to join karate class with my kids. And, you know, that just wasn't for me. I was so physically exhausted at the end of it. I just I couldn't get dinner done and, and all of that. So just, you know, asking the Lord to, to help us discern what he has made individually for our family can go a long way in not um, comparing ourselves. The Bible does say, say um, that we should not compare ourselves lest we become unwise. So um, I would just say take a breather, enjoy the uniqueness that each family brings, and, you know, if one mom is great at cooking and keeping it together in an area that you struggle with, go go get by her side and say, can you help me, instead of comparing. And then be realistic. Is that really something? Do you really want to become an amazing pie baker? Is that really up on that top five list of things you want to do in your life? Or is that just something that, you know, we'll enjoy a pie from Kroger every once in a while kind of thing? So, And being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be homemade every time. It can be store-bought. It can be, you know, the the house, yeah, the floors, I'm not going to get on my hands and knees and use vinegar this time. <laughs> or, you know, that's not how my house is run kind of thing. That's okay. So stop setting these bars of perfection and unrealistic to my circumstances and to my uh, lifestyle. And I think that's very right. helpful for moms to just know that there is liberty and freedom in Christ. Yes. Well, and I know that the number one fear that you sent to me was just moms who come up and just flat out say they're just, I just can't do it. They're just not confident. They just don't think they can homeschool their children. That, and I'll be honest, I've I've had even more say I don't like doing it. And that's all kind of wow. me because I yeah. think, well, but they really, they believe it's the better option for their children, but they don't enjoy it. And oftentimes, they don't enjoy it because they haven't taken the time. They've dived into homeschooling with academics. And homeschooling is an academic venue. However, teaching and learning, learning only exists through communication of a, of a giver and a receiver, and that requires a relationship. And so oftentimes when moms, there's two kinds of moms, the one that doesn't want to homeschool because she she's frustrated with her child all the time. And that's when... Um, she needs to find somebody who is older in her life that can really help her see clearly what's happening um, and give her the, the stern advice of, hey, you need, to, you need to make sure your child obeys you before you start homeschooling. Because it would be completely fruitless for me to try to sit down and teach phonics or math if my child doesn't respect me enough to obey me. And, and so that's one side of it. The other side is I don't think I can do it because I'm not smart enough. I don't think I can do it because I'm not organized enough. Um, there's lots of varying reasons, and I say the number one thing you have to do in homeschooling is is, is love your child, and, and I know that sounds so simple, but really when you love someone, you're willing to do whatever it takes for them, and so if I don't think I'm smart enough, either I'm going to learn the information that I need to teach them, or I'm going to go find somebody or um, a co-op, a tutorial that knows this information, and I can I can work around that one topic that really gives me a headache. Um, or, you know, I, I don't think I can homeschool because, um, well, I can't come home and we need to income. And I always say to that because that's, you know, that's a very personal issue. And you say, you know, you need to talk to your husband about that. <laughs> but um, right. you also, you know, need to assess priorities. Um, I had a skill set where I could make a very, very nice salary from very early on. 
and I chose to put that aside and live on much less and learn how to coupon and learn how to save money every way I could so I could be home with my kids. And I was not a Christian. I knew, and that is the grace of God, that even before coming to know him, he allowed me this grace to, to want a relationship with my children that that no matter what, I could spend as much time as I, I could with them. And so we made the, the very difficult decision to for me not to go to work. And you know what? The Lord opened up opportunities where I could do a little side work here and there from my home and get paid well for it and so not have to work so many hours and, you know, fit it in. And so a lot of times our fears, either for homeschooling or our fears while homeschooling, the Lord has the answer every time. And I am I am just a big proponent of spend your morning in prayer, spend it journaling, spend it reading the Bible. When you can do those three things, um, there's just so many things going on where you, in the learning process if you're doing all three. You're communicating. The Lord's communicating back through his word. You're journaling. You're seeing it on paper. Um, he will help you with every decision. And you know what that brings? This overwhelming confidence that, and, and not in haughtiness or pride, but in, in absolute confidence that I am created by God uniquely. He has put our family in the position it is in, the circumstances we are in, and this is what he wants me to do. And, and I will rest in the peace, even in difficult days, that that affords. And um, it brings such joy. And it brings, oh, the life that you add to your family when mom can do that. It's a it's it's a vibrancy that um, that I was surprised by because now we have all these teenagers and young adults and I'm just surprised by the dinner table talks every night and how the relationships have formed and family culture has formed and these were not things I thought about these were things that the Lord just developed as we just walked in obedience. Well, and I think that's the perfect um, transition to talking about. We talked about you being a second generation homeschooler and Mm -hmm. you have a daughter who is not only getting married this spring which is very exciting but she is you guys actually now have a second generation magazine so your daughter (laughs) yeah dear magazine which launched back in january so where did that vision come from and what is it like as a mom to see your daughter go forward and tackle a project like this um and well have there, to be there are tickled. no words <laughs> well there's actually i was trying to uh, think i and this is i don't cry very often i cry when i share my testimony i cry when i pray and and i cry when i talk about my kids so but um i was trying to think the other day i was just sitting back in awe um because if you knew what a broken state our family was formed in and to see it produce a child, and I don't think she's going to be our last, but she's our first, and, and she's one that wholeheartedly wants to serve the Lord. And she is convicting to me. Um, she will challenge me on my faith. I love the conversations we have. And, you know, it's it's great even as a 20-year-old to go back and say, you know, Jenny, you're right. I was wrong. Um that is, you're you're on the right track, and I apologize. I was wrong in my thinking there, and um, but yeah. So she, um, this is so interesting. Uh, each of our children at earlier ages be, 
began to develop, um, and I say early, like 10 years old, to start developing their own personality. And through that, Jenny um, said to me one day, Mom, can, can you show me how to make a cake? And, of course, I relied on my great friend, Betty Crocker, and I went and got one of her, <laughs> and we, I showed her how to make a box cake. Well, she loved, she would watch, and um, this was back when Food TV was more new, and she'd watch that Ace of Cake show, and she just was so into cake baking. And so she started doing it on her own, and she started working with fondant and creating shapes. And she's always been pretty artistic, but this was just this new level. And so what I did is I leveraged school with creativity. So when she got math and um, language arts finished, before we started on history and science, in the afternoon she could have one hour to two hours of um, anything she wanted to do. And we do this with all the kids, that the afternoon time is to develop their own interests. And so she, of course, would just be in the kitchen, um, the most important room in our home. That You know, my husband has a food truck, so we're big foodies. And um, mm-hmm. so anyway, she, um, by 15, had made a $10,000 wedding cake with everything oh, wow. meticulously done. And so I knew she had this gift for design, and she had actually started looking, watching me design the magazine. And um, we started talking about there's no girl magazines out there. Because, you know, when my girls became teenagers, it was which magazine could I order, and there wasn't any in print. And some of the stuff that was in print, I was a little weary of. So um, I started telling Jenny, I think she was about maybe 15, 16, we were traveling to conventions, and, and I would mention, you know, you know, there's nothing for, for teenage girls. And at the same time, I'm reading this book called um, Half the Church, and it's talking about, you know, global conditions of women and, and how the church, the women in the church should be responding, and it's really tugging on my heart. And I've always had a very, very deep desire to affect women. Obviously, the Lord has me doing that with homeschooling, but past that, I had, you know, I was uh, raised in a children's home for many years of my life, and I want to, one of my dreams has always been to open a girl's home. And so with that desire, you know, I'm conveying this to my daughter, and of course, I don't want to be one of those football dads who, you know, your kid has to become a football player because that's what you want him to do. I wanted her to do what God wanted her to do. So after discussing it a few times, for two years, I never mentioned it again. And I said, Lord, if this is what she's supposed to do, you're going to put it in her heart, and she's going to do it. And don't you know, she started coming to me during those two years with questions, and I I never answered past what what she was asking, because I, I definitely wanted it to be, and rightly so, of the Lord. And uh, she, I remember the day she made the decision, she came to me and she said, I, I really believe this is what God wants me to do. And since then, it has just been a whirlwind of activity. So um, she got engaged, um, I guess it's been about nine months ago. Um, her husband is, or her fiancé, to be husband, is just the perfect fit, even in this venture that she's doing with the magazine. and it, It's just so neat how the Lord works out every detail. But, um, yeah, so the magazine is for teen girls. And typically, teen girls are young women. She likes to say young women. She thinks it's much more sophisticated. And it is a sophisticated <laughs> magazine. She does all of her own photography. She comes up with all of the do-it-yourself projects. She does the style division. She does the whole thing from start to finish, which is amazing. How many... 19, 20-year-old year girls 
can, from beginning to end, most publishing houses have many people working on a magazine, but she is the, the author, the photographer, the designer for the whole thing. And she, she prays about it. She, she, we had a meeting this morning, in fact, um, about you know, the next issue and what she wants to convey to women. And I love how she's seeking the, um, the wisdom of older women as she's writing it. And so that has launched this year. She is getting married in a few months. We're so excited. Um, I'm going to be a mother-in-law. That's always interesting. So now I have another, <laughs> yet another um, uh, path in life to learn how to do well and how to um, do, do in a good way. <laughs> and so, yeah, so well, that's where Jenny's at. And I think that's a true test of your planning skills, right? If you can launch a new magazine and be mother of the bride in you know this short period of time, you truly have your planning down pat. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if it's planning all the time because I still fail at that every day. But um, I think just finding the system that works for each individual person and adhering to that has been has been what I've seen. Uh, Jenny has created her own way of planning and organizing, and she's. Um, I guess we we do have a family that that works very hard. Um, and we we expect a lot of ourselves, and so um, it. But it's because it brings so much joy. I mean, there's so much joy to getting things done, and um, and I think my kids are seeing that, which is exciting. So, and then anyway, what I was going to say too is what's so fascinating is that's when she was 15, from 10 up to 15, I started seeing these potentials in her, and as a mom especially homeschool mom that wants to make sure I have afforded her every opportunity for her skills and for her talent that God has given her. I made sure that as we chose to do different things, and I'm still doing that with our other children. Um, I have two coming up. One's graduating high school in May as well. So we have, we have a very busy season this year. But um, she, uh, just learning her propensities, she's actually um, going into a field that I think she is just perfectly suited for, and I have been helping her along that way as well. And then her sister that's following her up has already started working on what she might do the rest of her life, which is just amazing that we ha- we are afforded this luxury of getting to know our kids so well that we can start helping them develop their life calling at a young age. And, th- and that's what it's all about. It is. It really is. Of all of it. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. I know I'm excited to have you in Indiana this year. This is the first time. I know that as we've been sharing information about you coming to speak in Indianapolis, we have a lot of moms who are really excited. They talk about the planner. They talk about it being their second brain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I know they're pleased, and I'm looking forward to it. That's wonderful. Well, I cannot wait to be there. I can't wait to share. And I can't wait to get to know some of the women there. And uh, thank you, Tara. It's been great talking to you. You too. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, hold on just a second. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.